Welcome to Fireside Nets with your host, Spen Harris. My brother, Nick, is not here today. This podcast is brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I am joined, however, by, I think, I think you've been on this podcast, Mike, more than any other guest, none other than Mike Biseglia, host of Bad Weather Fans and host of the Mike Delivers podcast. How the hell are you, man? I'm doing well. You say that to all your guests when they come on and your brother's out. You're like, oh, you've been on more than anybody else. Time out, just time try- out. Aaron Williams has been on this podcast more than any other former player. That's who we tell. Other I, than him. I, nobody- I played. You played, yeah. Dude, my favorite sports okay. memory. Well, I have, I have a lot of favorite sports memories, and you'll get a kick out of this. You'll appreciate it. But senior, senior year of high school, put a basketball team together, JCC League. We played a team that was much, much better than us. And I hit the shot that I thought was the three to win the game. It was a game tying two. Anyway, next play, my best friend, one of my best friends stole the ball, had the shot, laid it, made it in. I don't even know where I was going, but I'm just saying that's one of my favorite sports memories. I don't even know what you said before. Oh, I just wanted to talk about myself. That was really narcissistic. I said that Aaron Williams was a was a former player. And oh, I said I'm a former was- player. Right, yes. there you go. Yeah, I had a yeah. moment at the JCC League. Mike, I don't know if you, if I told you this, I'm a two-time JCC champion. Oh, are you making this up? I swear, listen, high school, freshman year, actually sophomore year, I get cut from the basketball team. And uh, the only basketball I had left in my life was the Jewish Community Center League. Mm. And I, I played for what? like Because I, I was playing before that. I think in my five years there, we won three times. So I'm a three-time JCC champion. We absolutely so, it, it really is so much fun. And I know you're a hooper. I know, I know you were just playing basketball or, or watching basketball. Uh, um, but there's nothing <laughs> watching basketball. And, my stupid cat. Um, it, there's nothing better and more relaxing. Sorry, Leon, I love you. There's nothing more relaxing and amazing. Just like I know, obviously, we love watching the Nets and we'll talk Nets. But like going out, playing basketball, hitting jumpers, trash talking a little bit, having fun. Um, you know the the inner Kevin Durant and all of us comes out a little bit, and I and I know that you'll appreciate that because you love playing basketball. Well, two things: one, I love playing basketball so much. I went to an adult men's league today to watch an hour of a bunch of strangers play basketball. Tell me who else in their right mind is doing that on a, on a Monday night? Nobody. That's weird. No, I'm just <laughs> it is. It is. And and the second thing I'll tell you: Do you want to talk Kevin Durant? It sounds like in that playoff series against the Milwaukee Bucks a few years ago, Kevin Durant had a Mike Biseglia moment. I know. I know. It's funny because one of the people, I think it was um, I think it was Nick Ferdell that asked him. He goes, you just had a – no, Ferdell wasn't covering the team. Then it was, must have been somebody else. It was like, that shot you made, but was it two? That was a Biseglia moment in the JCC League in 2002. And it's like, yeah, good, good, uh, good callback. Yes, it was. You know what I love, too, about thinking about you watching this league, too? I'm sure you were like thinking to yourself too, breaking down the plays, being like, oh, that was a good cut. Oh, that guy's got to go back left. Why did he... I, I know too, you were analyzing their plays, good or bad, and thinking, oh, that guy's got to set the screen. Oh, you can't let that rebound happen. I know you, your inner monologue was happening. I mean, it was an inner monologue. I was also talking to the team. So I sat at the scorer's table, right? And I was mm-hmm. talking to one of the teams. And every time a guy, because they had six guys, every time a guy was subbed out, I would just go, I like the way you guys are moving the ball out there. Really, really good, really good hustle. And they would stare at me like, "Who the fuck is this kid? Why is he right. talking to?" They were super nice, not not for nothing, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I look like a crackhead there because basketball is my crack, and I'm like bobbing up and down. I'm screaming to myself like I just wanted to be out there. I know it's it must have been frustrating not being like that close, but yet at the same time so so far away. Yeah, I mean, I kept remembering how comfortable my feet are in my Uggs. And I was thinking, like, this would, this would really hurt if I tried to hoop right now. No, you can't do it in Uggs. You definitely can't. Well, maybe you can. Maybe you're that good. I don't know. Maybe I can. Listen, we buried the league. We talked we talked so much about uh, Jewish, community ball cen- uh, Jewish community center basketball. We sure. forgot to wish each other a happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Yes. Happy Hanukkah to you. And happy Hanukkah to the mother-freaking Brooklyn Nets. 
I mean, yes. six wins in a row. We're going to talk about the Raptors, and we're going to talk about the Pistons game, two games that we essentially not not needed to have, should have, sure. had them. Um, just overall, Mike, how do you like the way this team is, is really starting to vibe as of late? Yeah, I mean, for my mental well-being, it's been great to win some basketball games. I mean, the game against the Raptors with the Kyrie walk-off was fantastic. And then, you know, yesterday was such a typical letdown game. You just could feel it. And then I guess the – I don't know. Maybe this I'm, – I'm definitely, like, spinning things in a good way because I'm just hard for the Nets right now. But it was like that was a game in the past they would have lost where they – Came in not focused, came in riding a winning streak, came in saying, yeah, it's the Pistons, whatever. But the fact to me that they were down 19, started that third quarter so strong, got the lead at the end of the third quarter when Kevin Durant just went bonkers. I had this feeling of like, you know what? Yes, it's a game they should win, but it's a game that when they had that kind of energy to start in the years past or last year, maybe we'll use that as an example they would have lost. So I left with, even though it was like a barely win game against a Detroit Pistons team that's very bad, I felt good because in my head I'm going, they would have lost this game by 12 to 15, and they came back and they won. That's something maybe they wouldn't have done in the past. Yeah, uh, this definitely reminded us of, you know, letdowns against lesser teams over Mm -hmm. the last few years. But what's great about this Nets team, as opposed to to years past, is you have a lot of guys stepping up. Now, this was not that game. This was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What they've done in years past, we're putting the team on our back. Nobody else is scoring. Nobody else is touching the ball. And you know what? I think we were both absolutely okay with that in this game. Yeah, we were. And it's interesting because if it's like that every game – you start to get worried because I don't think a team that's built on Kyrie and KD in the regular season is going to win a championship because a team that's going to win a title is going to need their role players to step up, which we saw Utah Watanabe was just fantastic in that Raptors game. It was so big, especially hitting that corner three-point shot for them. Uh, You need role players to step up, and this team definitely has a deeper bench than we have ever seen in the last couple of years and is a bigger team as well. But that was, it's okay in times for your stars to be stars, right? You're paying Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving more money than you and I will ever see in our lifetime unless you really hit it big in the JCC League. I don't know. But that's the point, right? You're being paid together $100 million. That was $100 million of basketball. And in a game like that where they needed a step up, where energy was low, the stars stepped up and shined. The defense's intensity picked up. And it was it was just nice to leave and feeling a win, man. It's so funny because, like, finally for the Nets, everything is starting to go right a little bit. Like, in, in years past, went wrong. You know, I look at this Giants game versus Washington where they got calls where they don't get calls, right? This is what's happening to the Nets. They're getting to play teams that are depleted. They're getting to play teams that are hurt. They're getting to do this. And when people are like, oh, well, they're playing this team that doesn't have this guy. They're playing this team that doesn't have that guy. My whole life has been, we're the team that doesn't have this guy. I don't give a shit. I want wins. And I'm feeling good about that. I love that you just referenced the Giants win over Washington in comparison to the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Could you think of a, a better Sunday than this last Sunday where we got the win over Detroit and then literally, what, like 30 minutes after the game or I guess the, the Giants game had started, we get a yeah. huge divisional win over Washington. Yeah, it was it was, um, it was was really nice. And, you know, it's just like I think, you know, you and I are so conditioned to just have such crappy sports moments that it does feel good. And, I, you know, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for you, but it – definitely makes me feel better i am in a better mood when my sports teams win and there's just i know ultimately my life won't be dictated although maybe the nets winning a title will change how my life like when there's an obituary like the net title will be in there if they win if it's not probably you know like that but but like win or lose it shouldn't impact your happiness but i mean i'll be honest like i i was in a better mood today because of sports. Of course. 
Listen, it's holiday season, okay? I'm way more excited to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas when my basketball team is playing well. Okay, if the Nets were were not playing well, if they were, say, 12 and 19, I would not even have mentioned Hanukkah on this podcast. I, I wouldn't even be celebrating. I'd be I'd be so distraught. Um, <laughs> and I want to bring up... <laughs> I wouldn't even be celebrating. I'm boycotting the holiday because of the Nets. I don't care. You know, we eight crazy nights, you know, screw that. Screw you, I, Nets. I would I would be the Davy Stone Grinch of the holidays if the Nets were not good right now. A crazy Nets reference. Um, I want to go back to one other thing you said. You said that uh, maybe I'll make it big in the JCC league, making mm. a lot of money. This adult league that I'd be playing in, it's it's at a you know it's at a Jewish community center. Uh, they do have a twenty dollar MVP gift card for everyone. <laughs> no, for for the best player in each game. So I just, I mean, you made a joke. I could be making like a hundred dollars a season. Wait, hold on. Time out. So many questions. $20 gift card where? I think it's just like an American Express $20 gift card. So you, I don't know if they who, make those. Who makes, who, first of all, those things you, you do, you, you charge it one time, you lose like five bucks and then you're yeah, whatever. That's true. Who, um, who determines the MVP? I have no idea. Listen, as I was leaving the court, I tried to I get want... whoever was keeping score to sell me on the league. And I said, if I want to join next season, what, what's in it for me? She goes, well, we do MVP cards after every game. Someone gets a uh... gift card. I'm like, oh, so there's some money involved. Okay, great. I've never heard of that. That's kind of cool. It. It's incentive. I um... wonder if there's ever controversies <laughs> like, hey, psst, I'll pay you 10 bucks. You give me the 20 bucks. I'm calling it a day. We're both MVPs tonight. Right, like the guy who gets twenty and twelve is losing MVP to the guy with ten and six. Right, right, but those, but it was like, oh, he made all those. He's Ben Simmons. He made all those plays oh, <laughs> that man. you don't see in the box score. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got nothing. Nets you like Pistons, how Ben's played? You like how Ben? I played? do, I do, I do. I think that he's he hasn't taken a step back since he's come back from injury. Uh, I want to see him be a little bit more aggressive on offense, but I'll tell you this, and you can tell in this Detroit game, you can tell in that Toronto game, defensively, he's making a difference. Mm-hmm. He really, in that in that game against Toronto, who was it? He made life difficult in that second half on whoever he was coaching. Was it Siakam, mm-hmm. uh, Coloco? Um, yeah, defensively, he's there. I just offensively, I'd like to see a little more. Uh, yeah, it's, look, the, we'll talk Nets Pistons because, like you said, this is a game that. We could have lost, we could have lost, should have lost, but because of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they willed us to the win. That third quarter explosion from Kevin Durant, mm. like he's one of those guys, you you don't you think you've seen it all with him. And then he does yeah. something like that. When he yeah. hit, what was it, three threes in a row to end the seconds. quarter? Yeah. I was my mind was blown. And he those defenders were cones to him at that point. It was just walk up, three in the face. Okay, you, you like that? I'm going to do it again. Another bomb. And then the yeah. third bomb, it was like, oh, this guy's dropping bombs like Hiroshima. It was insane. Yeah, he was um, unconscious to end that third quarter. He was – it was really beautiful, you know, just coming up, hitting those threes. When you can tell when he has that kind of swagger going, there's nothing that the other team can do. I mean, the Detroit Piston fans – were on their feet cheering for him. For I mean, like I'm a little boy thinking, like, ah, Nets are going to Detroit, and someone's cheering for the Nets. But what the f- are you talking about? That was unbelievable. Just how hot he was there, and he really just—I mean—he put the Nets on their back in the third quarter. And what was cool to me about this Nets team is like two things. I like that Vaughn played him to start the fourth quarter because he was that hot. You just got to keep going, and then it was time to make the subs, and they did that. <sighs> But I mean, like the fact that you could then have that kind of third quarter, which he did to get this team back in the game and then just say, all right, Kyrie Irving, it's your turn now. That's where, you know, and I've been on the record for saying like the Nets were the Nets were better without Kyrie Irving. And that's if we're going to get this version of Kyrie Irving, I'm 100 percent incorrect. If he's going to play this good, that statement by me is stupid. It's just complete stupid. If he's going to come in and, and and do the things he did, and you're going to get Durant having a magical third quarter, which he, where he's hitting shots, where he's standing on his head, like things are in a good position for the Nets, and that was just um, it was good to see, you know. And I talked, I've kind of kept this a theme here, but just like the excitement in your heart when you're watching this, because you and I, you know, we invest so much time 
we probably watch an average between 79 and 82 games a year, miss a spot here or there. But it's like you and I have put so much investment into the Nets that when you have moments like that, it's like you cash in happiness. And it was, um, you know, you can't, as a Net fan, title or not, just take for granted how fortunate we are to see one of the, you know, argue, argue 12 best players to ever play in the history of the sport. Yeah, and on top of that, we have one of the most talented players to ever play basketball in Kyrie Irving, too. He might not be a top 20 player of all time, but when it comes to talent and skill, it's going to be hard-pressed to find five more guys in the history of the sport that have more talent than Kyrie Irving. And this is, um, this is yeah. I'll say this, by far the best stretch we have yeah. ever seen the two of them play together. Now, right. there's not been a lot of it because of injuries and other things. <laughs> But this is by far the best stretch I have ever seen 7-11 together. And this is what I think you and I envisioned way back when in 2019 or whenever it was, 2018, when uh, we were so young and innocent. This is what we thought we'd be getting every night. Now, we're, you know, it's been, been a roller coaster, but it's good right now. Good, good part of the roller coaster. They say better late than never. And I think, yeah. I think that's what we're getting with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, yeah, I'd be, I, I got to bring up, you know, Jacques Vaughn. Uh, we had allowed 35 and then 36 to the Pistons in the first two quarters, 25 and 25 in the third and the mm. fourth. Absolutely just switched it up on defense. Look, I, I know a lot of people on Nets Twitter, they say you can't play Claxton and Simmons together. But those two guys defensively, I mean, yeah. Claxton had, what, three blocks in this one? He was a plus two. Simmons had a steal. He was a plus seven. Trying to, And you, you have to go up against KD, who's the freaking, you know, Skeletor with his freaking body. Like, those, those, are, those are three guys that have length that can absolutely disrupt you on defense. You throw in a Watanabe, a Sumner, who, who can kind of aggravate you. Uh, defensively, this, been te this team's been underrated. And you give Jacques Vaughn a lot of credit for, for putting these guys in, in the position after halftime to win these games. This team is one of the weirdest defensive team, uh, pl play teams I've ever seen. They lead the league in blocks. I don't know what they are now in field goal percentage, but, but teams don't shoot well against them. They're just so bad in rebounding, and they've been better, and that's why they've been winning games. And the other team gets to the free throw line more than them, and that's been a problem. But defensively, not the first half versus Detroit, but the second half, as you referenced those numbers, versus Detroit, they are, they're not bad. I mean, it's, you know, everything's a perception thing. Like if somebody that doesn't watch the Nets and is a casual fan and they put on, you know, Nick Wright and it's, you know, is this good? Is this bad? You wouldn't really understand if the Nets are a good defensive team. But when they have the energy that they do, they go after it. They are a good defensive basketball team. And that's why they are winning these basketball games because they are amping up the defense and then hitting clutch shots. So it's, it's just weird, but you're right. They've played really great defense, and it's won them basketball games, and it's it's put them in a position where they're 19 and 12, and now in that top tier in the Eastern Conference, and it all stems from the defensive end. Uh, it's been fantastic. Nick Claxton, game-winning block. I, I guess not yet. Yeah, game-winning block on Bogdanovich, who absolutely killed us. Um, that was just, that was a great way to end the game. You had Kyrie at the line. He hits two out of three. I did hear that a few Pistons, Pistons fans were chanting Hanukkah chants while he was at the line, which it's a pretty good chirp. I give them a lot of credit. That's creative. Uh, but he hit two out of three. <laughs> he hit two out of three. And then well, you saw what, you saw what they, they put on the, uh, on the big screen, right? Oh, is that the, yeah, that's, I think that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Boy, they, they put like put, a Hanukkah. They put on a happy Hanukkah thing and then they right. also put an earth spinning. That listen, credit them. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. What would By they the put way, on the what would they quick question? I'm gonna hijack yeah. you for a second. What would we're they good. put on the screen if you were at the free throw line? Oh, pizza. <laughs> you put pizza on the screen. I'm distracted. I'm not like, yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. <laughs> like over the eleven at over the eleven at the line tonight. There's a good margarita on the board. You put some Detroit style up there. I'm going Ooh. going like 20%. Oh, God. By the way, I called KD Skeletor before. I meant to call him a skeleton. Skeletor was a bad guy from a comic book that I sent you, and he looks nothing like Kevin Durant. Uh, if He's a fictional character and the main antagonist of the Masters of the Universe franchise.
Uh, he I does not look like Kevin nothing. Durant. So. I know nothing about. I, I I'm like the last comic guy. You're like, is Batman good? I'm like, is he the guy that's a bat? No, I know that is, but like, I am not the Marvel guy. I'm not into that. It's just not my thing. So you could have said anything, and I would never have, you know, been able to be like, Psst, that's not right. No idea. <laughs> It was one of those things I've heard the guy's name before, and it sounds like Skeleton. Is and Kevin Durant is built like a skeleton, so I thought of Skeletor. Um, okay, so we move on. We, we beat the Pistons. Should have lost one. Friday night we had the Toronto Raptors, and uh, this was a game that I believe. So they they put up twenty nine to our nineteen in the first. We each matched at thirty three in the second. We dominated them in the third quarter, 36 to 22. That was a huge third quarter for us. Right. And then they played us really tough in that fourth. I mean, Fred Van Vliet absolutely killed us in the first half. Yeah. He finished with 39 points, 12, uh, 14 to 24 from the field for him. Scotty Barnes had a really good fourth quarter. We could not stop him down the stretch. He had 26 yeah. points. Kevin Durant, 28 points, solid game. But the star of this, of this match – was hands down Kyrie Irving, 32 points. And, Mike, one of the most insane game-winning three-pointers I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was fun. It was awesome. It, 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 was, it, was, it was just um, – it was awesome. It's uh, – you know, I wish, I wish we could have TV cameras on all the awesome net fans that I've met and know, like yourself and – some other great, you know, me and other great ones, just to see like the reaction, the moment. And I, I texted another net fan right before that play. And I said, get the ball to Kyrie Irving. Durant's missed a lot of final shots. It's been awesome, but he's missed a lot of final shots. And I was like, I was like, I kind of want a Kyrie shot here and went to him at 3.7, that move, that jab, he does that move all the time. Uh, but this was like an amazing part of it. Steps back, connects, hits the three, and it was just like, I, I, I play this stupid game in my head. It's been this is bad. Where I think about that moment, the Nets win a title, and I play it in my head what, what it would be like, like on a game winner. Can't help myself. I'm 12, and I just think like, you just there was like a percentage of it. Not it wouldn't be the the emotion that would pour out of our bodies at that point would be something you. You've never felt. I've never felt like that. But just like there was a speck of it when he hits that shot. And it's just like pure jubilation. Um, and it was a beautiful move. It was a great, it was a great cross back, wide open three. When Kyrie's in rhythm on his on his jumper, you can tell when it's going in and when it's not going in. And that one, from my perspective, um, I was like, he fucking nailed it. And I'm I'm like not a um, optimistic sports fan, but he crossed that back. I said, that thing is going in the hoop. Uh, and it did. Two things that I loved on that play. I mean, to have the testicles metaphorically or physically, I guess we're talking metaphorically right now to do a crossover step back, basically a snatch back as your final move to win the game on a three pointer. That's something that they just don't teach you, no. right? They, they don't teach you that move to win basketball games. So I was, I just thought to myself who I've never even seen Harden do that. And Harden is the king of the step back to win the game on that shot. That was, yeah. that was just insane. And the fact that Fred Van Vliet just went flying. I mm. mean, he, he could have been on ice skates. He literally, ugh, I, I, for people listening to the podcast, I just stumbled back. It was it was just insane on so many levels. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it <laughs> and that was the, that was the sound that Fred Van Vliet made after. I know, movie. right, right, yeah. There's Fred live. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to ask you an important question. If you had yeah. to put a soundtrack behind that sequence, oh god, what a question! What what song? I already have it in my head. Mm. What's your song? Uh, the Titanic. Celine Dion. My heart will go on. Oh my god. Oh man, what the I. That's a really good question. I I was not prepared for that. I felt like I was ready for everything tonight Except in a pre-production meeting. Well, I mean, oh, you, you, you're, you're talking about you know how it would feel if they won the championship by that shot, but you got to have some type of song in your head as he hits that shot. Oh, man. Come back to me on that. This okay. We're, we're gonna, oh, we're man. Gonna well, go I'm a terrible to... guest. 
I mean, look, as, Shit, as far as, as <laughs> now that's all I'm going to think about. What's no, you're good. Listen, bring it up. Interrupt me whenever you want. Okay, Tell me you okay. got the song. Okay. 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 As far as those two games go, first, that exciting win over the Raptors and another exciting win over the Pistons. You know, Kevin Durant was talking about a lot of wins they had uh, prior to that as trap games, right? He talked about the Wizards game being a trap game, the Pacers game, which was, you know, the the backup reserve game. That was a trap game. One of the Hornets Mm -hmm. game. All these games are against lesser opponents. But the difference between years past and now, there's two things. The Nets are relatively healthy. Yeah, they're they're not having to deal with this injury bullshit controversy, what have right. you. Guys are actually in uniform. They're starting to figure out how to play together, and they're taking care of business by doing the little things, extra effort, hustle, fast breaking. One of my favorite players on the team this year has been Edmund Sumner because he comes good. in and he just gives them a burst, he gives them a little boost off the bench. Yuta yeah. Watanabe has been that guy too. Um, so high energy guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. High energy. guys. There's just so much to like about what they've been doing and to cap it off. You know, we were talking, uh, in in pre pre, uh, podcast production meeting, we were talking about this upcoming tough schedule with the Warriors, the Bucks, the Cavs. And these are two games that the Nets easily could have overlooked, but they didn't. And they handled business. I, I give Jacques Vaughn and the leaders of this team a lot of credit for being focused on a Saturday, I guess a Friday and a Sunday. Yeah, it, it took care of business. Now you come home. Now you got these games versus some of the big boys. Now the Warriors are missing one of their better players than Steph Curry. I mean, the the guy. So that's a major difference. Uh, the Warriors will play on Tuesday night versus the other team in the city. So they'll be on a back-to-back. It'll be interesting to see how Golden State comes out on Wednesday. I am I'm so excited for these games. This is the best the Nets have looked in forever. They're back home. They're playing much better competition in Golden State, and then, and then Friday. Like for me, I want to beat the Bucks so bad. Like because I think a statement will be made there for the Nets. They didn't beat the Celtics. I don't think they were ready yet, and Boston's faltered a little. They got. I think they got to beat the Warriors, and I think for them to make a statement to the NBA. They beat the Bucks, and I think people will start to go, this is something that's actually happening here in Brooklyn, and maybe this team's not bad, and this team's actually legit. Because as you said, Edmund Sumner gives them effort. They've got a backup point guard now. It's solved. It's not even a question mark, you know? Nets Twitter. You don't even have to come up with trade scenarios to bring in Goran Dragic back. It's done. Right? Edmund Sumner's here. Now it's just about the center position. And if John Collins is going to come to the Nets for the 412th time, that's the conversations. Utah, energy's been great. TJ Warren can score off the bench. He's done a nice job. <coughs> Excuse me. Seth Curry's not even playing right now. Yeah, I think Jacques Vaughn's gone to the bigger lineups. He likes that defense. Yeah. But you know from what Vaughn's done, he changes based on who he's playing and how he feels things. Seth's going to be back in there. Um, the bench is there. The rotations are different, and I like it. Um, and if you're, you're a fan of the Nets right now, everything Jock Vaughn's done has been great, and I am ready to see Clay Thompson. I am ready to see Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, re- I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm excited. We just beat the up and coming Pistons. Like here we are. Let's 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 have fun with the real teams. Totally forgot about Yuta Watanabe's revenge game against the Raptors. Ooh, he was he was our third star in that game. Hit that beautiful three uh, towards the end of the game, and he got posterized by Jaden Ivey on Sunday, which was you got a T. It's tough. You did get a T. By the way. The refs got to meet in the offseason and stop with these bullshit technical fouls. I feel like Kevin Durant gets a technical every single game now. He's got 10. Let these guys show a a, a little emotion, please. They're not robots. They're human beings. If Ivy dunks on someone, he catches a body, let him flex for two seconds. Any technicals in your league tonight? You know what's funny? There should have been. I mean, these (laughs) guys were... We're yelling at the refs every call. Come on. He goes, he goes, uh, how, 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 like screaming at the refs. 
the, the scorekeepers are like, Gary, Gary, don't call the technical. Gary was the ref, <laughs> I guess. Um, no, if, if I was the ref, I definitely would have had like three kids kicked out of the game before halftime. Gary, they, they were so- too mouthy. You can't do that. These guys wanted the $20 gift card. Can you blame them? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, you'd have won a Nobby Revenge game. Okay, so yeah. we got we got Bucks. Oh, no, we got Warriors Wednesday, Bucks Friday, and then the former Nets uh, plus Darius Garland and um, uh, Donovan Mitchell on Monday. Yeah, It's the Karis LeVert, Jared Allen-led Cavaliers. <laughs> Predict those three games for me. Man, um, there's gonna be a letdown, right? There's got to be a letdown. Has to be. I can't. I can't. I mean, maybe there won't be. I hate. I, I don't. I. My heart wants to say three and zero, but you know, I. I worry about the war. I think they lose to the Warriors, beat the Bucks, lose to the Cavs. I'm gonna go it's one and two, but they sandwich it, beating. Um, you know, Joe Inglis and crew. That's kind of where my head went. Like mm. I, the, the Warriors to me are the biggest trap game you can get because you're right. No Steph Curry. You take him a little lightly. Still loaded. Jordan Poole is a killer. Clay Thompson's a killer. Like Kaminga is probably more athletic than anybody on our team. They got guys that can play even without Seth, Steph. I do see, by the way, Jacques Vaughn playing Seth in that game and being mm. like, hey, if their Curry's out, I could we might that. as well right. let our Curry get hot. I could see that. Jacques, Jacques is, um, I think he's just like a really um, smart kind of like, I think he's, he's I, don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for because I'm not smart. I'm trying to figure out what that is. But I love the way he thinks. I, I, I could to- I'm totally aligned with you and him having fun that way. I think he's he's he coaches in the moment. He's aware of a lot of situations. Like they, I loved how they broke down the the play at the end of the Raptors game, the, the Kyrie shot. How him and KD broke it down, and basically they said the play was for KD. KD spoke up and said, "They're going to double me. I'm going to get the ball to Kai at the top of the key." I feel like I don't want to give Nash shit now that he's out, but I, I just don't know if that conversation happens with Steve Nash. I don't know if he's yeah. as aware of the moment. I think that's more of a just situation where Kevin, go get the ball and see what happens. I think too, Jacques Vaughn has come into his own really like you. He was the coach for the bubble nets. He was the coach for the Orlando magic back in the day, but you get the sense from him that he's just feeling and finding himself as well as the coach making right decisions, getting in the moment. He seems like he's gotten better where, you know, he is not scared to call a timeout and runs up the court and calls it. And I think this to me was the biggest moment for Jacques Vaughn where he won over, I think more than anything, he won over Kevin Durant. And I'll explain what I mean. When Kyrie Irving called off the plays, whatever many times, and Jacques was pissed and he called the timeout. And from there, Kyrie sold. He sat on the side. He was upset. He was in a bad mood. Steve Nash would have let that slide. No respect. Now, as much as you might say, oh, Kyrie's upset. What do we do? He may have been upset at Jacques Vaughn, and he may have disliked Jacques Vaughn, but he respected Jacques Vaughn because he called out his BS and he stood up against Kyrie, and that to me meant more than anything. And I bring up the KD connection because I truly believe when I saw Kyrie Irving play his best basketball was when he was with LeBron James and they won the championship, and LeBron right then was in the prime prime of his career and you could argue was the best player in the, that ever did it but Ke- but but LeBron James was able to keep Kyrie in, in check and there was a respect there i don't know if Kevin Durant's going to be the guy that goes to Kyrie Irving and says snap out of it i need you we need each other so i think KD looked at Jacques and said thank you that needed to be done i need your help there that's not the kind of leader i am and had a more of a respect for Jacques because he did something that he couldn't do to help because he knows to win a title. He needs Kyrie to be all involved, and I think he respected Jacques for doing that because it's he, that's something that he wouldn't really do himself because they're so tight as friends. And you said you aren't a smart guy. What is, what is that nonsense? That was, that's a very good point, Mike. Professor, right. Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Guess, Does that make sense? It felt a little... Yeah. Felt a little rambly, but uh, yeah, you get my no, you get my drift. 
No, that made that made a lot of sense to me. Um, Kevin Durant leads a certain way that's not necessarily vocal in people's faces. Jacques Vaughn recognizes as the head coach he's going to have to do that if if Kevin Durant's not. So uh, good points by you. Thank I, you. I like that. Um, okay, so we agreed maybe a loss against the Warriors. I do think we show up against the Bucks and handle business. That's a game where I, I feel like our stars and our role players are going to sense this is a statement game. They're home. Milwaukee has been great this year. Yeah. Um, they just got Middleton back. I think we win that game. And then, you know, two days of rest. I think that Cavs game's up in the air. I can see us losing that game. I can also see us winning that game. Now, in the nature of the holiday Hanukkah, if we beat the Warriors and the Bucks, that's an eight-game win streak. That's right. That's right. That would be eight crazy wins. I would absolutely love that. Be that the festival be, of winning. But then they'd have to lose against the Cavs. Like, you can't win nine in a row. That would ruin it. No, no. That would ruin it completely. I'm going to make the story right. Hanukkah's eight nights. Eight wins. And for all the people that are listening that are like, he's so negative. The Nets are playing great. Let me go back and attack him. See, Basuglia is so negative. I protect myself from any sort of happiness with letdown moments. I want them to win. I want to be wrong. I pray that I come back on here and I say, yeah, I was wrong. They beat these teams. Like, I'm rooting for that. But it's just like there's a, I don't know, there's like a protect mechanism so that you don't get too invested because when you go too far in and then you have things like Kevin Durant's toe is on a line, you know, you're you're not bitter about it <laughs> two years later. But that stuff happens. So it just, I want him to win. I'm fully, I'm going to be, trust me, they lose the game to the, um, you know, to the Warriors. I'm going to be really upset and disappointed. Um, so I'll put it that way. That would, you know, really upset me. Not like, oh, I expected them to lose. No, I'm going to be really pissed. I want to win them all. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i with you on that. Um, the way you talk about your relationship with the Nets, it <laughs> reminds me of like those movies. Uh, no Strings Attached was one with, with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. There was another one with Justin Timberlake and Mila, Mila Kunis, Kunis, Friends yeah. with Benefits. Oh, okay? Boy. And basically the whole point of those movies is, you know, guy gets friendly with girl. Yeah. They fall in love. Guy doesn't want to get hurt, wants to protect himself shields himself from from really being vulnerable and being in love that is you yes Professor Pataglia, with the Brooklyn yes. Nets you you literally you want to let them in you want to show them that you care you want to be vulnerable you want to say they're going to go to the championship they're going to win yes. that motherfucking goddamn championship but yes. you can't because you've been hurt in the past yeah you you are yes. your relationship with the Nets is, is friends with benefits and no strings attached yes Edmund Sumner is my Mila Kunis yeah exactly <laughs> There's no other way to put it. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good. It was a fun movie to watch. But ultimately, what happens in the end of this of these movies? What happens at they, the end of these movies? They get together. They fall in. It, it, but what does happily. that mean? Is that a championship or is that a first round exit to the Hawks? Like, what is what does that mean? <laughs> Your eyes just looked at me and like I think you just burned me through this uh, through this uh, uh, streamyard call. Well, there's no way that Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis end up together and don't win the championship. Maybe that's a second round exit. That's not a second round exit. That's like, what's? I'm trying to think of a terrible movie. That's like um, the the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, where they don't end up together in the end. That was, that was last alert. season. Yeah, that was last season. And then they see each other at the at the Cubs game. They're like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Like, oh, that man. was a, that was a that was Harden and Duran at whatever concert. What, what was the concert they went to? I don't remember now, but seeing each other later. Remember they went to some? I don't know. I think it was um it might have been Travis Scott and I think it was in Europe. I could be wrong there. I know it was in Europe. I don't remember who it was. So you're I so you're telling me me um Mila and JT, that's the title. Friends with benefits. Yep. See, I think that's the second round exit. See, this is how negative I <laughs> I don't even think that's I don't even I don't know. I mean, I think if we got I think if we want to go title, we need to go like dirty dancing. Or like, oh, um, okay. I, so you're saying pretty step woman, your, pretty woman, <laughs> pretty woman. Step your 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 romance movie game up. I see what you're saying. Or like, just I need that. I need that. Like, maybe two people that really aren't even supposed to be together. Like, really, 
really strong rom-com or things like Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl and knocked up. Yes. That's what the, that's what the nets are to me. I just knocked up. <laughs> I'm not going to name anybody. <laughs> that's what it is. It's knocked up. You know what? Nets but that got me to me, knocked up, guys, no, you knocked up the Brooklyn nets. That, I knocked up the Brooklyn have nets. this relationship and you, you know, you have a kid together. I don't yeah. know who that kid is. It's it's I, I guess it's your son. Cause you put him in a lot of nets gear. So yes. Mm-hmm. Man, oh boy! I think now if the Nets win a title, all I'll be thinking about is like the ah, freaking Mila Kunis, you know, yep. like yeah. maybe like the for the win. Oh, Mila! <laughs> oh my fun. God! Um, all right, we got to talk. You know, for those who don't know, Mike Viseglia also hosts a, a show called Mike Delivers, where he talks about his experiences as an Uber Eats delivery driver. Uh, I did want to get you know, before we end, have a segment sure. where yeah. we just talk about any crazy food experiences you've had in the month of December, mm. anything. I mean, just, just like bad, good, crazy, oh, fun. Okay. Give me, give me something. Okay. First of all, thank you for the plug. I do love food. It's my uh, second favorite passion to the nets. Sometimes, but a lot of times food is more reliable than the nets, except for this one time. So you've been calling me professor. I've been teaching podcasting. Um, and I've been teaching podcasting at Bergen Community College. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a blast. And there is, you know, I'm interested in restaurants. So this is an area I normally wouldn't go to, but I'm like, oh, I'm here. Let me take a peek at what the surrounding area of restaurants is. Time out real fast. You know, I grew up like right there. Like I know probably every place within Uh 10 to 15 miles. No problem. Just wanted to add that. I grew up next to Promise. Go on. Okay. Okay. So I, you know, when I, when I, before I teach, I don't eat much because I don't want to, I don't know. There's two things I'm weird about. One, I like to have an amazing meal after my stress is over. I'm not saying I'm like stressed from the job, but you know, it's like you go into something, you got to put a lot of effort in. I don't want to have like an awesome dinner and then go after work for three hours. To me, I like having a little snack, a little something light to hold me over. And then once the big component's done, I then go and eat. So a lot of the times I'd found places around my house where I would, I would leave work, I was starving, and I would go to places around my house. So fast forward to week 14 of 15 teaching, we had moved. We moved far away. So I don't really know the new area quite yet, and also it's a long drive. So I was like, I'm going to get food around Bergen Community College, and I'm going to take that meal back. And there was an Italian restaurant maybe like, a thousand yards away from BCC. And I've been on a real rigatoni with vodka sauce kick and a fried cutlet. Like I'm obsessed with it now. I never really had vodka sauce growing up, but in the last year I'm like, I now have heartburn. I'm old. I need vodka sauce more than marinara. I've kind of gone that direction. So I was like, let me hit up this Italian place. It's beautiful looking. So I got the rigatoni vodka sauce and I asked for the fried chicken cutlet get it, put it in my car, drive an hour or so to come back home. I am so excited to open this thing. The chicken was grilled and rubbery. The pasta was so overcooked and like like true noodly, and the sauce was just so below average. I was so pissed about it that I've now, it's been three weeks on Wednesday since this meal. I'm still bringing it up. It disappoints me and angers me. And I'm so upset about this. And also, too, like, I work hard. And when I spend 32 fucking dollars, you know, after tax and tip, I want to, you know, you spend 32 bucks. I'm like, this is going to be solid. I'm not saying it's going to be the best thing I ever ate. But I'm like, this is not $9 pasta from Pizza Hut. And I was just, like, so disappointed about that. And... I can't get that out of my system. And it's something I'll probably remember this more than like a good B plus a minus meal. So that's my December story. Do you want to share the name of the restaurant or you don't, I don't remember. I can look it up. I don't really care. I don't remember it to be honest. I'd have to look it up. Was it it Biagio's? Yes. It was Biagio's. Yes. Because it's right near Bergen. Yeah. That's where it was. Do you know that place? Yeah, it's across the street. Is from, it good? Uh, Did I have a just like get a bad? I don't go there. I I didn't know I didn't know better, and on me. No, like, I, I know, I know. It I know, looked I know, beautiful. Know. It's literally next door. 
to me, I was like, that's, it just made sense. But then I got in there and it was kind of weird. And like, there was like a, it's a bar. Wedding it's hall. more of like a, yeah, yeah. Event and it wasn't, I looked online. It looks, so, I, I, I got duped. And I, I'm, I pride myself too on like not making those kind of mistakes. Like I was really upset. Yes, that's what it was. But it was so convenient. I mean, it was, it was on, it was so convenient. And I was it's, an it's Italian right kid. Yeah. It, it couldn't have been easier. There was a Korean place next door. That's what I should have done. But anyway, yeah, that was the name of it. Yeah. Here's you, and, and again, you have a story is, about there or something? No, there, like, there's not. I mean, no, I've been there drunk after. I think I went to a golf tournament a few years ago. It was a PGA thing. Tiger was playing in it. Me and my wife went there while we were hammered drunk, had pizza, no. and it wasn't even good. And like we were wasted, and it still wasn't good. So, so, that, so their food's not like okay. No. Um, what's but you know, I can't fault you too much. Paramus is a huge town, it's just yeah, massive. They don't have any restaurants that are good really yes any good any good like okay not i mean you you can like there's a there's a spanish place called el cid a lot of people like that place i saw that so that i feel like i went there as a kid um a little bit with my dad because he would like to find places and restaurants but i looked at the menu and it was like i looked at the prices and i was like i can't validate coming home after teaching for three hours and spend my full check on the lobster, that's, you know, yeah. squid ink thing for 120 bucks. It's like, I can't that's, do that. That's not a takeout spot. No. And, right. And then it, when you're in Paramus, you got the malls, but you don't want to do that because you're going to be there forever. And I think it's out of the way for you because you're going south. No, I want to um, go back. Yeah. There is an amazing uh, fried chicken sandwich joint called Hot Chicken. C-H-I-K-N. It is attached to a pizza chain called Urban Bricks. So if you're driving past it on the highway, it's on 17 South, you pass Urban Bricks, you'll never notice it, but hot chicken is almost like attached to it. They yeah. have an insane like Nashville hot chicken sandwich that will mm. just, it'll it'll absolutely make you happy. It'll, it'll make you a better person if you're into those types of sandwiches. Oh, I am into those type of sandwiches. That, that see, that would have been great, but I, you know, I just, I'm so impressed that you understood and knew knew the spot. That 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 is funny. I'm I'm just a guy I, I that knows restaurants, and I go to adult league basketball games to watch. That's literally all I do. You're living you're living the the dream, and, and you think I'm kidding? I'm dead serious. <laughs> and the Nets are winning. And the Nets are. You got the big three going. Wow, oh, man. Wow. All right, Mike. This has been a pleasure. Uh, you still have to give me a song before we end the podcast. For the Kyrie Irving game winner, while you're thinking, I'll give you a little bit more time. While you're thinking, I do want to shout out your co-host of Bad Weather Fans, Alec Benezowitz. Mike Why? Host, he he deserves a shout out. He I does. Don't know I, about that. We, we talked about Mike Delivers. I got to bring up Bad Weather Fans. That is Mike and Alex's Nets Knicks podcast. It's one of the best podcasts out right now. They just had on Meta World Peace. They've had guys on like Tracy McGrady. Uh, I'm not going to remember anybody else they've had on, but they've had on a ton of former athletes. Uh, and, you know, you got a Nets fan going up against a Knicks fan. The Knicks don't necessarily suck this year, but they're still a little brother. So Mike enjoys the podcast probably more than Alex does. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, we've done the podcast, and I appreciate that. Uh, one other former player that uh, Richard Jefferson, I think people would love to hear. Is a How can I forget? Richard Jefferson was on your show, and he had no, a blast, a, I heard. Yes, yes, he was fun. But I will say, like, this is a stat that I keep near and dear to my heart, and I maybe I'll get burned at some point. But since Alex and I have started Bad Weather Fans, we've done 149 episodes. The Nets are 8-0 and versus the Knicks. We've never done the podcast, and the, and the Knicks have beat the Nets. The last time the Knicks beat the Nets, crazy, was the night or or right a couple days after Kobe had passed. And the Knicks and Nets played each other in what was just like a surreal game because no one cared or mattered. That was the last time the Knicks beat the Nets. So I've done all these episodes, net win, net win, net win. So I'm like kind of scared what it'll because inevitably it's got to happen. I mean, I think so. Knicks are playing good basketball. They're 17 and 13. Julius Randle's an MVP. They're playing great. But, you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little scared I, of that. But I know. I bet he's going to love that shout out, right? You tell him. You tell him how many times I've had you on this show and how many times I've mentioned his name. 
And how many times has he mentioned mine? That's what I want you to bring up. Yeah, that's a fair point. He should bring you up. He should, I should get in, brought up. He's in this Nick's chat he does on uh, Twitter with some of his um, Nick friends or whatever that, you know, whatever you want to say. And I'm always like, let me in the chat. I think he should let us in the chat and get in there. And we can have so much fun talking about Jalen Brunson being so great when we have a point guard for the first time since the Kennedy administration. It'd be fun. Yeah. No, I would I would have a blast talking about uh, Miles McBride and Quentin Grimes and R.J. Barrett and, and all these guys that might be good. They might not be good. Who knows? The Knicks are probably going to mismanage them anyway. Um, yeah, just, just, just I put me in that chat. I would absolutely love it. Let's do it. They're like that Paramus uh, Italian restaurant. Oh God, yeah. I no, hope they're I, not uh, a sponsor. They're definitely well. not. I think I think the Detroit Pistons are more that speed. Yeah. If the Pistons didn't have a bunch of young talent, like it, right. that restaurant is just Bogdanovich and Isaiah Stewart and like three guys from that adult basketball league I was telling you about earlier. I I um. I'm so impressed that you knew that and uh, it, it made my heart and, you know, I can't, I can't wait for you uh, and your wife to come visit me here in Monmouth County. I've got some good pizza spots for you. I want you to check out Luigi's. I think you're going to like that. And that's about it. I would so love far. to, I would love to. And listen, the next time you're teaching and you're, uh, you're filling these young minds with the wisdom that you have about podcasting and the Brooklyn right. Nets and how crappy the Brook uh, the New York Knicks are. Please let me know. We'll do. And, I, and, and say, Spencer, I'm hungry. Here's what I'm in the mood for. Boom, boom, boom. I will, I will. give you something less than 15 minutes away. I will still get home to, to your beautiful family and but yeah. with food that doesn't suck. I will. I will. I will seriously take you up on that. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining. Again, I still need a song. It's it's gonna happen before I end the show. Yes, I'm coming out. I want the world to know because the Nets are here. They're gonna win basketball games. So I'm I'm thinking of the, I'm coming now, bam, bam, I want the world to know. And Kyrie just crosses over. I've gotta let it go. Shut up, swish. I'm coming. Exactly. That was that was beautiful. I actually did not know I can sing that well. All right, that was impressive. That does it for Fireside Nets with Spen and Mike. Brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Nick should be back next week. He had a networking thing tonight. I kind of let him do what he wants. We all know who the real host of this podcast is. Thank you guys for listening so much, and uh, we'll see you again soon.